Good morning and welcome to the Weldon Green Podcast. Hope you enjoyed yesterday's episode with Mithy, peak episode one. Check it out if you haven't yet. Today I'm bringing you episode 203 of the Ask Weldon Show. So yeah, how to get top performance at a LAN, how to get peak performance at a LAN. We're back on peak performance again. Uh, and the main question and the main theme is, what do you do to hack yourself at live events? What is the difference in attaining clutch peak performance then from playing online in the comfort of your own home? So we're going to talk about that and a very number of other questions. Hope you enjoy it. Make sure to use the code podcast if you check out the Mac program. Remember that you guys have a different code for that. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at mindgames.gg slash M-A-Z. Good morning and welcome to the Ask Weldon Show, episode 203, how to get a peak performance state for your first LAN event. That is the last question of the day, and we have some some other amazing questions, two other questions to lead into that. The first one about golf. So if you're uh, curious about what my opinion is about alternative sports, alternative sports being all that stuff that is not eSport, um, we're going to dig into that there. And then talking about sleep and eSport and how to stay focused when you have to train in the middle of the night. I have some opinions about that. Mostly they're going to be opinions because I don't have a lot of science about that. So we'll see how I can figure out the answer to that question live on the show today. No updates or announcements really compared to yesterday's show. I don't have anything new to add, but do remember to get your questions in for the show if you want to call in your own audio question, anchor.fm slash weldengreen anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. Download the app, hit the plus message button, raise the phone to your ear. It automatically starts. You don't even have to push a button. It's this It's this really cool podcasting app. Uh, it's not a sponsor or anything. I just use it for hosting my podcast and it comes with an app where you can call in your questions. So you just like pick it up and it goes ding and starts listening to you. And then it I don't know what they do. They don't code your voice, right? But they run it through some sort of amazing algorithm that makes you sound incredible. It makes you sound like you're on the radio. It makes you sound like you have a $150 microphone instead of a phone held up to your ear. And so you should try it just to see what your voice would sound like on my show. And I have to remind everybody, okay, this is a problem that I face as well. If you are a very focused driven individual and you and you are striving and watching the show for for insight and knowledge most likely your mindset is that you're like okay i've i know everything weldon's going to say might be true right i know he's going to answer this question also might be true and i know that i'm just not doing it because i'm like i'm generally lazy and i'm going to do it in the future and i'm getting there and and so there's no point for me to call in and ask the question because what is the point? Like, I know what he's going to say, and I know that I need just need to do that, and I'm just not doing it today or this week, so obviously I'm not getting the results, so that's that's that. Like, And, and I have this problem because I have this call-in show, these call-in shows I listen to, and I'm like, I know what he would say if I called him with this question, and I know that it would tell me to do this thing, and I know that I'm just not doing it kind of because I'm not doing it. And uh, that's my problem, and i got to figure that out. So, I, you know, I don't want to waste my time and his time. I don't want to waste his time by calling in, you know, let me let me posit to you an argument that you should call in with your question anyway if you think it's a good question, especially if it's if you can phrase it in a way that hasn't been heard exactly on the show today or with a yet today, um, not today. If it hasn't been heard on the show as of yet or in, with a context that is rather new and interesting from your life, because the show is not just 
for you, right? And the answer is not just the answer for you. It's also the answer for everybody else who's listening. And it can be very valuable. So if you can suffer the indignity of being told something that you already know, you're like, I know what he's going to say. And you're like, yep, that's what he said. Um, if you can be, if you can suffer the indignity of kind of like going through that phase of kind of knowing what was going on and, and suffering for it for the good of the audience, then you can bring in your question anyway and uh, enlighten everybody else. Think of it like a sacrifice for the, for the greater good, if you think about it that way. And thank you very much for pointing that out in my Discord, the person who brought that up. I now forget their name. But I immediately recognized the feeling when they described that because I do the same thing. And unfortunately, and this is no shade, it's going to sound so bad. This is going to sound really, really bad, okay? No shade to everybody, every amazing caller I've had on the show. But if the people who are the, have the most insight and and know the most about what it is that I'm going to say, don't call into the show, that cuts out a large swath of people who actually might have the best questions, right? It might be just the people who don't know what I'm going to say and literally can't figure it out who are calling in, right? And and they're asking the same questions over and over again. And th- th- I know that sounds really bad now that I say it out loud. But just think about it statistically, right? Think of it in terms of like statistics. Think of the people who would call into the show and the people who wouldn't call into the show and understand that if you don't contribute to the best of um, by calling in even when you already have know and figured out the answer, then you're going to allow the, statistically, like you're going to allow the quality of the show to, to drop that much more without your voice. So be Superman. Don't be Batman. Where the heck did that come from? Oh, I know. Yesterday I was watching the Lego Batman movie, and um, and I remember that like... Superman is supposed to be like the, you know, the, the justice. Let's, okay, on with the show, everybody. Let's jump into the very first question of the day. All right, this question is from Patrick, and um, they ask about their golf game, and I unfortunately, again, again, because I was so excited to answer all of the questions from Twitch chat, which, by the way, if you want to catch out this show live, from 6.30, we start live, even though the show starts at 7. I answer questions for half an hour there. Um, I was so excited to answer questions, twitch.tv slash mindgameswelldone with the chat, that uh, I, I once again didn't prep the question cards. So we're just going to listen to audio, and I'm going to stare at a blank card in the center of the screen and cheer you on as you attempt to read my invisible writing. Get out your uh, heat source. I wrote it in lemon juice. Let's go. Hey Weldon, this summer I want to improve in golf. I've been playing for a few years now and didn't take it very seriously, but this summer I want to see how good I can get. I'm not looking to go pro or anything, just improve. What type of schedule should I lay out in order to improve, but also not burn out in the three months that I have? Thank you. All right, thank you for that question. So, a couple elements here that are important. One, three-month training schedule, wants to know a schedule, uh, doesn't want to burn out, wants to improve. Okay, so first of all, Patrick, I can't answer this very well because I don't know what your burnout rate is, right? And this is dependent a lot on your ambition and your motivation. So if you look at a person, for example, who wants to be the greatest in the world and they are able to 
push themselves to a commensurate level, they're going to they're going to have less levels of burnout burnout uh, than the average person who's just wants to kind of be good and if they attempted the training schedule of the person who wants to be the best, they would burn out after like one day. If you tried to match Phelps's training schedule for when he was training for the Beijing Games, you would uh, you would burn out after a week. And he did it for four years in a row without taking a day off. So that is uh, that is dependent completely on what your level of ambition is, and I don't know what that is. So let's talk about other things that you that I can I can answer that that don't have to do with that little key piece of knowledge. Um, so you want to you want a training schedule uh, three months, and you want to improve. So a part of any train of of improvement in any game is to essentially have a set of things that you need to work on. So if you don't already know what the flaws with your game are, then you need to get a coach, especially if you're working on a condensed time schedule, like three months, you need to get insight. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to pay money or that you need an in-person coach, right? You can go and set your phone up, get one of these little, uh, hang on, come on, come here, come here, Ah, get one of these little puppies with a little phone clip like, uh, come here, Ah, like this clips your phone in it, right? Mounts on there. Bring it to the golf range, set it up, and film your stroke and cut out like, you know, four or five of them and go to Reddit, you know, go to the internet, find some people who are amazing golfers and trying to start to build their golf coaching brand, but just aren't, don't quite have the uh, the uh, students yet. And they want to offer insight. Or you can go to forums, you know, where there might just be people lurking around who have big mouths and just want to show off their knowledge. Great. Okay. You can get feedback. The great thing about feedback on the internet is you don't have to listen to it. You can just say, thanks so much. And you can ignore it or you can pick out the golden stuff or like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's what's missing. Okay, so start collecting information from third parties about what you need to work on and improve. (coughs) And then um, start adding in extra stuff outside of golf to the level of your capabilities and your desire. So start with the gym. Okay, the very first thing you should do is you should be working on, you know, your your upper body and your shoulder and your lumbar and your and your rotational capabilities. Everything everything that you can think of that's related to golf and golf strength. Um, even obscure things like lat three exercises where you're essentially inclining yourself forward and you're uh, lifting your arm up at uh, and then rotating it with an open hand, like with a four kilo weight to start with. Um, you probably want to do basically every single shoulder rotation exercise that you can, uh, both I- internal and external rotation and with weights, you know, and make sure you're, of course, supporting uh, your arm at, with all of these so that you don't, you're not actually like stressing the muscle in terms of an eccentric hold, but you're just activating it in terms of the pull or the push. Um, you probably, yeah. So anyway, get in the weight room and do strength building. That's the number one thing that I would add on. If you can do that, if you can commit yourself to four days a week uh, or even six days a week of strength building, remember you're doing strength building here, not hypertrophy. So you want to do a strength-based routine, which means, um, we're talking about like, you know, low reps without, with as little of the, of the controlled release as possible. You're not trying to. You're not trying to hurt the muscle. You're not trying to get delayed onset muscle syndrome. You're not trying to uh, da- do anything damaging the muscle. You basically just want to do the the like explosive part, uh, 
and then drop. If you think about deadlifts, deadlifts is the perfect example of this. If you're a deadlifter who wants mass and size and bodybuilding, you deadlift up and you put the bar down on the ground. If you're a runner who's doing deadlifts in order to get more explosive power of your foot pounding into the ground, then you pull the bar up and you let it go and you just let it fall. You're not doing the down motion because that is where the damage to the, to the, um, what are they called? My gosh, I'm blinking. That's where the damage to the muscle fiber actually occurs. I can't believe I forgot the name of the um, of the protein chain in there that that is connected. But anyway, we'll get to that. Maybe we won't get to that. I'm not. I'm going to distract you so that we don't get back to that. You want to do strength based exercises. If you want, if you have the capability of getting a trainer in the gym, great. You can probably go to golf forums and be like, what are the best exercises for? for uh you know strength building for golf you can get routines whatever just like do it to the commensurate level of your of your income uh whatever that is everything for free or or you know pay for more convenience if you can get the fitness thing in there and you can do it like the first thing you should try is three times a week if you can do that you know up it to four or five times a week um and then you want to add in uh the the nutritional aspect okay because Golf is, a, is an endurance game of focus, and you want to and you want to be able to control that focus at the level of the molecule and the and the micronutrient that you consume. So you're looking at meal prep here. You're looking at learning what it is that you put in your body that gives you sustained energy. What you need to bring with you on the course, things like um, you know Quest bars because they're low carbohydrate, but they give you lots of uh, but they have enough. To, to kick you off. I don't know. Maybe you need carbohydrates. Maybe you want that energy and that focus, whatever it is. Maybe you want runtime. Uh, I don't have my runtime bag with me. Uh, but anyway, runtime has isomaltolose, which is like a slow burning carbohydrate that has a, that has like a, gives you a very stable blood sugar. So you got to experiment with this stuff, um, both in terms of meal and, and diet regulation, right? And, and what you bring for energy. But I would say, Mostly, you're looking at the cognitive function of the of the diet in your in your life. You want to make sure that that this diet gives you the requisite proteins, obviously, to recover from all this gym stuff you're doing, um, and the branch chain amino acids you need for that proteins. But um, but mostly, you're looking at things like okay, cutting out fried foods because those are going to in- in- interfere with your focus. Cutting out um, massive amounts of bread and sugar because those are going to like spike your insulin, and then if you if you don't have enough, uh, and then it's going to make you sleepy or like lower your focus, you know, unless you unless you do something to burn a bunch of energy right there. So I would start experimenting with your diet. Okay, the third thing that you want to layer up is your uh, mental game. So here you want to work on if you if you're able to keep up those two things without burning out, then you add the the meditation. And actually, this can actually help with burning out on the other stuff because meditation is actually an active recovery tool. So there's a number of, there's actually a headband that was invented for golfers to help them meditate correctly and to help them kind of control, like see what's happening when they're meditating. These are basically bands like Muse headband that scan your brainwaves and then give you a readout. And so they're looking at the theta, gamma, beta waves and they're saying like okay this is where this is where your wavelength is and this is where it is when this is where it should be when it's meditating supposedly according to our our models and so you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong and then you get an autocorrect and autocorrection in the terms in the form of like a visual stimuli or in the form of an audio stimuli and then it tells you you know to fix it 
you don't need that stuff. You can get it if you like. Again, the thing about money, you know, to the extent of your money that you have, but you can do it for free with with a place like Tara Brock's website, which has a bunch of cues for free. You can use the Mac program, my training program. You can use headspace.com, which has a number of free, 10 free exercises before you have to pay, etc. Anyway, there's a number of different mindfulness meditation trainings for focus that are going to that are going to increase and improve your golf game and those are the ones you should check out those that's the trifecta that's it layer on the fitness layer on the nutrition decisions layer on the mental training outside of the game and this all comes secondary to getting stuff on the course that's going so just play as much as you possibly can first comes golf and getting a coach and increasing the quality of your increasing the quantity of your training and the quality of your training. And once you feel like you're at the limit there, once you feel like if I increase my training more, the quality will get worse. You don't want that. Um, or if I, if I increase my training or like if I increase my training more, I just, I just literally will be on the course all day and I don't want to do that. I want to like, I want to balance, right? If you want that balance, then add on the next layer of the gym and then add on the nutrition and then add on the mental training. And I do it in that order because you get mental training from everything else. Like you get mental training when you're training in golf. You get it when you're training in the gym. You get it when you're conditioning yourself to eat, right? So, and and eating. And and so therefore, it's kind of like the bottom of the pyramid, even though it's in, it's the most important thing that you can do because everything that you do is mental. Everything you do is mental. So you're training it all the time, right? Uh, and so you want to layer on the important stuff first, which is the gym and the, and the, and the nutrition. These are the things that are going to impact your life on top of your game. Uh, and, and yeah, of course, I, I'm a huge proponent of meditation and I push it on everybody. But I'm not going to lie and say, like, that's the first thing you should do because it's going to make everything better. Uh, I think if you can go to the gym six days a week that your life's going to get way better than if you meditate every day. Um, because, like I said, the gym can be your meditation. Okay. And then you're also strong and fit too. Let's go to the second question. Guys, that was a that was a way more than I thought I ever had to say about golf. And I didn't think I was going to be able to offer any insight because I don't know about where your burnout level is, but pay attention to that and uh, draw back before you burn out. Question number two. Hi, well done. As Hi. a European player for a North American team, I have training hours pushing until six in the morning. How can I manage to give 100% of myself at a time I'm supposed to be sleeping? Thanks. Tenikron, thank you so much for this question. I imagine that this is going to be an issue for people who live in areas like EU and Korea and are, or Brazil and are playing into different time zones um, in order to play on competitive teams, but really teams that have a lot of money somewhere else. Let's not talk about competitive teams. Let's talk about North American teams in in League of Legends, which are going to pay you more, uh, and you're going to be better than the native players in the region, and so they want you. All right, so <coughs> I'm not going to tell you not to do it, because these are opportunities that people can sacrifice for and really want to unlock in their life. It's not a good decision, obviously, because it's bad for your health. It'd be better to play on a team that's in your time zone. But like I said, your opportunities are your opportunities, and you need to take them. You're going to have to get sleep. You're going to have to flip your schedule. If you're playing through the night and that is your job and that's what you want to do, this is more than a hobby, then you're going to have to you're going to have to flip your schedule. You have to become one of those factory workers. So there's a number of things that you must do 
to increase the quality of, of your sleep at this time and your awareness and your awakeness at this time. You have to cut out light when you're sleeping. You must You must get one of these. Minimum one of these, maybe two, I don't know. And you have to get blackout curtains. Maybe buy a couple spares just in case. Uh, but but if you're going to fool your body at all into thinking it's nighttime, you got to cut out as much ambient light that's going to be hitting your retina as possible through your eyelids, whatever. Um, it's the only way that you're going to get enough sleep that is like powerful enough for you to train. And then I would say you want to not go to sleep after training. I would say that you want to like, now I, this is making a lot of assumptions that I don't know about your life, but in an ideal situation, you would go to bed at like 4 p.m., and you'd wake up for 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 at midnight and you would train for six hours, okay? And then you'd, and then you'd have the rest of your day and you'd go to bed at, at you know, 4 p.m. Or, or 3 p.m. I think it's much better to train that way than it is to try to stay up late and then sleep afterwards. If your goal is this League of Legends pro life, okay? Then that's going to that's gonna be the structure that you want to do. And yes, you're going to sacrifice you know, dinner with your family and hanging out with your friends and watching movies in the evening with your girlfriend or whatever, but just choose. Like, what do you want? Do you want health and focus? Or do you want an, an, and a chance to go pro, you know, or to play on this team or to get paid or I don't know what it, what your situation is? Or do, you want, um, or do you want dinner with your family and, you know, hanging out with your girlfriend in the evening and watching Netflix with your friends? Then don't do the other thing. Or don't expect to have good focus and attention when you're doing it. But sleep your night and then wake up and, and focus and play, okay? Uh, go to bed earlier and earlier. You have to get, if you're training and you're living your life also and you're working, you have to get eight hours. So you have to get to bed uh, pretty soon, you know? I mean, like, we're talking like 3, 4 p.m. If, you were, if you're going to be able to get up in time for a six-hour training block at midnight, Um Figure out that schedule. Figure out what that schedule looks like. If you have complete freedom throughout the day, then you're set, right? Then you just go to bed at like noon uh, and you wake up at 8 p.m. and you and you flip your days around completely. Uh, and you still have like, you know, a couple hours in the morning, like from 8 to noon to, to figure it out. Okay, so what else should you do? Remember that when you're trying to go to bed, you got to get really good at putting yourself to sleep in the middle of the day. Um, so you want to maybe 30 minutes before your bedtime, in the day, right, you want to brush your teeth and like close all the curtains and get it dark and dim and turn off turn off the light on your phone. You want to say, um, make sure your computer has flux on it, stuff like that, uh, just to get everything dim and, and, and so you can transition more quickly into deep sleep or REM sleep. And then, um, and then during the night, you want to get these full, these full spectrum bulbs, right? You want to have light everywhere. You want to have as much light as possible. You do not want to play in a dark space. You got to get Light, 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 light. I have these. I have these huge soft lamps for my filming, and I use them during the day when I'm working. I actually just turn it on, and it shoots light into my eyes, and it keeps me alert. I live in Finland, where it can be dark twenty hours of the day, and we only get the sunlight for two hours. You know, it comes up at noon and goes down at two. So I turn this on, and it shoots into my face, and it's like I have a sun here all the time, and it keeps me alert during the day. So that's a hack that you should definitely consider. Um, these soft lamps that you use for filming, you know, they're full spectrum sunlight kind of bulbs. And um, I think you can get them for 20 bucks on Amazon, even 10 bucks if you're buying one. 
So consider that. I am going to hesitate to recommend caffeine because I don't want you to, I don't want you to have to rely on caffeine. If you're just relying on caffeine only to stay alert, then it could come back to bite you because you're actually using it in place of sleep and light to stay alert. But you have to consider the usage of caffeine if you're going to be staying up at night or getting up early in the morning to stream in North America time like I do, right? So I go to bed at you know 8 p.m. and I get up at 4 and I stream in North American time. And uh, and I use caffeine judiciously in the later parts of the stages of the day in order to stay awake. You have to make sure that you don't take it within six hours of your bedtime. So like, let's say you're going to bed at noon and your last scrim block is happening uh, at 6 a.m. So you can take caffeine because it has a six-hour half-life. But let's say like afterwards you're doing some stuff and it's 8 a.m. and you're like, oh, I'm really tired. I want a cup of coffee. Don't drink it because in four hours you need to be going to sleep and the caffeine's going to last at least six before it even halfway passes out your system. So you have to be very careful about taking it later in the days when you have this kind of flipped schedule and make sure that you're only taking it right right in the middle of your day so that you get the, the attention and the energy for the second scrim block. And make sure that if you ever have a day you don't need it, that you absolutely do not take it. Opt or lean towards not using caffeine and only use it when it's essential, okay? But use it as a as a way to stay awake and just forget energy drinks completely. Like, I think there might be a place for energy drinks in traditional sport, but if you're talking about eSport and you're talking about in the middle of the freaking night uh, and you're talking about such a situation that you have, I would say energy drinks are like the worst thing you can do. I would drink only black coffee and I would make sure that you square away your nutrition nicely. Like, I, I don't want you to be in the middle of the night like eating just... You're like, oh, it's nighttime, so whatever, and you just eat cereal all night long or something. Like, figure out a way to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner that is effective. And if you need to do a meal replacement thing, like runtime or Soylent or whatever, that's a good option for you for for the middle of the training meal. Okay, those are my suggestions. Sleep first. Don't try to sleep after. It won't work. You'll just be tired. Last question. Before we get into the last question of the day, I want to recommend my Mac program. I already put on my headphones, so this is going to be a short ad. But check it out. Mindgames.gg slash MAC. I get amazing testimonials from the people that are going through this. There's over 1,500 people have purchased this program and have used it to train themselves in performance and in life. And every it's an online video training program. So it's just like a video course online. You log in. There's all the videos. You complete one, you go to the next day. Uh, sometimes there's a little bit of homework down below. And every single day is a is a lecture, like a TED Talk, basically, like a mini TED Talk over some slides. And then uh, and then you met, and then a mindfulness training session. It starts off, they start off at five minutes with a centering exercise. And by the end of the 50th day, uh, 47th day, I think is the last day, they're, you know, the full 15 minutes of like intense focus training mindfulness the kind that you would use for golf for example um and you should use the code ask weldon to get a five dollar discount a-s-k-w-e-l-d-o-n and that is to track where you come from so i'm not saying like this coupon is going to go away anytime soon it's going to be there you don't have to it's not like a rush thing rush delivery mindgames.gg slash m-a-c mac mindfulness acceptance commitment program it's the program i use with the pros 
And I have had pros talk to me and tell me that they used my program to become a pro. So it works for that. It also works if you're trying to quit gaming as well, strangely enough. A lot of the fun comments I get are from people who say, thanks for this. I managed to stop playing video games completely, and now I'm doing something good with my life. Not that video games are good. Like That's what I'm saying is it depends on where your uh, orientation lies. Okay, final question. Hey, Weldon. Uh, I'm a CSGO player, and soon I will be attending my first LAN event. Um, I do not have a lot of experience playing at a high level. Um, so going into the event, I want to make sure I perform my best. So what advice do you have to be able to put myself in a peak performance like state? Um, because I have been able to unintentionally create these states in the past but when I try to consciously recreate these states, um, I fail normally. So what can I do better to make sure I am playing at my best? Thanks. Okay. Um, oops. I'm trying to find this, this name. The gentleman who discovered flow state. Uh, I can never remember how to say it. So I got to see it. Mihail Shishenmihalia. Maybe I can show my browser here. No, I can't. Okay. Anyway, there's a a sports psychology scientist (coughs) who was like the first person to term the word flow state. And basically what we're talking about here and what this question is about is how do I get that flow state? How do I get that peak performance state? Um... It's a state where you know what you need to do and it's possible and difficult and your sense of time disappears and you forget yourself and you feel like you are a part of the craft that you are doing. You feel like your identity, your ego, your id melts away and your body and your mind become one with the activity that you're doing and you are just in the zone. Okay, this is flow state. This is what he wants. This is what performers want. It's very addictive and it's actually very powerful. The brain is doing incredible learning and operating at a very, very high level of of a person's actual capability for output during flow state. However, it's not choosable. You can't choose to be in this flow state, at least yet. We don't know how to trigger it. And, uh, And I mean trigger it chemically, right? Excuse me. But we do know... some of the precursors for it. So we do know that some of the precursors for flow state involve things like um, uh, uh, having a challenge that that like is just, you're just up to the challenge, right? You know you can do it if you try really hard. Um, That you have very focused attention that is exclusive of everything else. That you have a really clear-cut thing that you're trying to accomplish. So you're trying to get to the top of this wall or you're trying to like survive surfing this big wave or you're trying to like win this game at all costs. So very clear goal. Ambiguousness is cut out. Um, We know that you get flow state in training most of all when you have immediate feedback of whether you're succeeding or failing. So this is why there's a lot of training materials now being invented for doctors to help them get into flow state where where it gives them feedback like 
because like the problem with diagnosis is you make a diagnosis and then you don't know if you were right or wrong until the lab results come back in, you know, days later or until the person dies, you know, years later and you find out what was wrong or whatever. So they're making these diagnosis tools that are basically flashcards where it's like, okay, here's the x-ray. Okay. And you answer and then, oh, here's the result. Um, and it's a way to train where you can get into flow and you can, your brain can start recognizing these, the recognizing these patterns and start building competence. Um, and and when there's a when there's high consequences, so it's really hard to fool the brain and say like, oh, I want to be. This is a challenge. This is something that's gonna that's going to like really push me. And and you know that if you lose this game, this solo queue game, you're just gonna queue up into another one. And your brain's like, yeah, this game is not important. Trust me. You're gonna play seven more of me today. And so, how can you tell me that this game is important? You can't. The brain is not fooled by that. So it's harder to get into flow state when when the consequences are not dire, right? All of these things are, are somewhat controllable and somewhat uncontrollable. And, and even if you put them all in a row and you get your ducks in a line, it's not necessarily the case that you're going to get into flow state. So I like to train people to perform at their peak performance level independent of flow state. And if flow state happens... Yay. And if it doesn't, you got to play anyway, because you need to understand that career athletes need to show up to every single game and perform at a very high level, regardless of whether they feel good or not. Um, one of my favorite quotes that I heard, and this I read in a, in a newspaper article, so it wasn't a video, it was a newspaper article, was about Jordan, Michael Jordan, the basketball player. And he was having um, a very, very bad personal week. I think that something like one of his nephews had just been shot or something. I don't remember what the circumstances were, but it was a very bad week personally. And he went out and he played a stellar game, like an unbelievable game. And a journalist asked him, like, how was it you were able to, like, all this crap is going on in your personal life and it's really bad. How is it you were able to focus? How was it you were able to be in the zone so much? I think they use that term, in the zone on the court today. And Jordan said, I wasn't in the zone I just played like I was. And this betrays the secret of high performance in, in athletics, which is you don't know what kind of mental state the performer is in when they're playing, okay? They could be in the zone or they could be really busting their chops and really trying hard to play super well. And it could be the most effortful and difficult 60 minutes or 90 minutes or, or two hours or three hours of their life. And they could be sweating in order to keep the focus necessary to play at their peak, but they pull it off. You only observe the objective performance. And so this concept has actually been studied. What is the, the difference, the variance between objective performance and perception of performance? And what we've discovered is that the difference in objective performance between like somebody who perceives themselves in flow state, so they perceive themselves to be at the peak of their human potential, their own personal human potential, and somebody who perceives themselves to be like nowhere close to that and is putting in loads of effort just to be able to pick up the ball and run with it, um, and like tons of concentration. The difference in perception of how that game goes is massive. But the objective difference, if you have a person who's trained, if you have a person who's trained to like perform well, the objective difference between their performance is very minimal. They're actually very close to each other. Okay, One of them is peak and one of them is like not quite peak, but it's close enough that you can appear to be 
an astounding athlete regardless. So what are the components of this trained high-performance state? Well, first of all, you got to accept that you're not going to go to this land and perform at your peak. You're going to go to this land and perform at your average, okay? And your average is your peak. If you think of it in terms of a bell curve, right? When you think of a bell curve, it goes like this and up and down. And 98% of your performances are going to be within that center zone. That is your peak. But really what that is, is your average, okay? So first you got to be accepting that like most likely, and I'm talking about like one standard deviation of likeliness is that you're going to be in your peak, which is actually in your dead center average of performance. That's where you're going to be. The thing you don't want to do is choke. You don't want to drop off the bottom end. And it would be wonderful if you went off the top end, right? If you were like better than you could normally do. So one of the best things that you can do is control your choking. And for that, uh, obviously, you want to make sure that you have the ability to to face fear and make the decision anyway, to have the guts to pull the trigger and make the play and to have a bunch of reset switches, whether it's like rational self-talk reset switch or like going around and walking or drinking water, you know, every single time you die or whatever, uh, to have a reset switch in order to kind of like mentally square yourself back up so that you can approach the tee and swing the club again. I'm using golf analogies now. I wonder why. So um, I would say like pay attention to the things that you do that help you get over challenges and pressure in in training and get ready for the for that pressure at the land. Okay, and amp up the pressure of your training. Put stringent, ridiculous, over, uh, overly ambitious goals on yourself in training and ramp up the pressure on yourself mentally because I promise you that there's no way to escape the pressure of live performance. There's no way to escape the pressure of live performance. It will come on you and it will induce stress and it will induce a cortisol response and you will have the stage hormones and cocktail of testosterone and adrenaline and noradrenaline cortisol flowing through your body. There's nothing you can do about that. So the best thing you can do is get used to coping with it. That's actually the difference between experienced performers and inexperienced performers. It's not that they don't feel the pressure and they don't have the same chemicals in their body. It is that they cope with those very effectively. Okay, so you need to start doing that in your training. Put yourself in high-pressure situations. Go do exhibition matches. Um, have observers come to your match. Get one of your friends who's like a pro to watch. Get one of your parents who's not a pro to watch. Um, whatever it is that you can do, like stream it live, I don't know, to get an audience so you can feel that stage fright and you can cope with it and play aggressive anyway. That's how you want to prepare. Okay. Uh, get your toolkit ready increase the intensity of your pressure, and then you want to work on your focus. You want to work on focusing on the present. So here's what you're going to notice. Every flaw that you make in terms of choking or tilting or letting the pressure get to you is going to come because your mind is either focusing too much on the past or too much on the future. You're either like rehashing that mistake over and over and over again, or you're thinking like, oh my gosh, that mistake is going to cost us the trophy. That's the moment when I lost us everything. And you're just thinking about it over and over and over and over. And what you need to do is drag your face and your head and everything into the present moment. Let it go for now. For now. Let it go and focus on what your fingers and hands are doing and what your opponents are doing and trying to win this moment. How do you win the game now? Not how would you win the game if you hadn't made that mistake? 
how do you win the game now? Not what is Reddit going to say about this mistake? How do you win the game now? Uh, and then the future, right? Where you're like, oh, sweet, we've got this. We've got it. Like, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's like 14 to 6 right rounds and we're, and we're totally about to crush it. No, that's thinking about the future. Focus on the present. Let the future come. Focus on your performance in the here and now. And do not think about, do not project, do not expect. Uh, just allow your competence to carry you to the level uh, of where you're going to be in the tournament. And don't look hopefully at the future and don't look pessimistically at the future. Don't even look at the future. Just focus on the play that you're doing and the round that you're doing. And obviously, of course, there's a little bit of strategy where you need to think like, okay, well, do we eco now or whatever? That That's, like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where your mind's attention lies, whether it's on performance or whether it's on incidental expenses. And those incidental expenses eat up your attention and then it's gone and you start having errors. These errors are injuries, okay? They're injuries. If you were playing a traditional sport, you would have rolled your ankle. But instead in CSGO or whatever you're playing, you know, you get shot. You run around a corner too soon or you don't have the right gun up. Okay, those are my recommendations, man, is to accept the level of your average performance and be ready for that. Start to build up your toolkit so you don't go off the bottom end of choking. Start to learn to control and regulate your attention to bring it back to the present and get it out of the gutter, whether it's the past or the future, and increase as much pressure as you can on yourself in training periodically, right? So don't just like increase the pressure a lot and expect that to work because it's a stage, right? You're faking the pressure increase. And so your brain's going to figure it out so fast. Increase the pressure in one way, cope and learn from that situation, right? Analyze it, reflect on it, think about it, journal about it, whatever. Then come up with another strategy, increase the pressure that way. It'll work one game for your brain or one minute or a whole day even. And then your brain will figure it out and be like, okay, this isn't real. I don't feel any pressure right now. And it'll go back down. And then you journal about it, reflect on it, think about it like, okay, what what were the mistakes I made? How did I handle them? What did I tell myself? What mantra am I going to use at the event, etc.? Then come up with another strategy to fake it again. That's the best thing that you can do to prepare for this land if you have enough time in your training. Um, yeah, good luck. That's the show for you today, everybody. Make sure you come to Twitch, twitch.tv slash mindgameswell. Then check out the rest of the show. Call in your question. Remember what I said earlier in the show about being the statistical uh, the the statistical average upbringer that like brings up the quality of the show with your amazing insight? Do it. Even if you already know the answer, call it in. And I will see you tomorrow all right that was the show for you today hope that you enjoyed it remember feedback on twitter please uh especially for the peak interview yesterday that i i kind of know a lot of things that i did wrong and um i've gotten feedback on facebook already and a number of other places so if you uh if you let me know what's going on with you and your opinion about peak on twitter then i can i can fold that into all the feedback and do better on my second interview which is coming up probably today or tomorrow. So hit me up there. And uh, thanks again for your attention. Make sure to use the code PODCAST if you check out the Mac program, not the code Ask Weldon. Then you get a $6 discount instead of a 5 And I will see you tomorrow.